Okay, I'm right. just I'm just gonna put it out there. If I'm on death row, that's not what I'm having. I'm having like a peace <laughs> Yeah, I'm boring as fuck, but you know, hey, it's, I look forward to that meal every morning. Like just fucking no breaks, Halusi. No breaks, no breaks. No breaks. That's definitely no breaks. His, that's definitely his name. Get to my glutes, they Every time they get to my <laughs> recording in progress, just as I start talking about this shit. This is just doing. This is how it starts. That's how we start the podcast. Um, and every time, every time they get down, to, every time they get down to my glutes, you can hear them be like, mm, "This, this sore, this sore." I was like, "It's just scar tissue. Relax, relax." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why does this sound like a packet of chips? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking sounds like sounds like bubble wrap. Like, <laughs> oh, Big Louie. Yo, yo, what's up? Hello, hello, yo, uh, Mikey. Hey, uh, you guys stitched me up hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. How are you, Mikey? Good guys, yourself? You well, doing well, man. Doing well. Hey, Big Mike. What's up, bro? How are you? Good, mate. Um, yeah, yeah, very well. Yeah, um, actually, got fucking a bit of like COVID symptoms at the moment. Just hit me out of nowhere these last two days, but it happens when you're in the gym all day, I suppose. People in and out from those things. But um, are you guys, um, you guys can hear me all good? Not too much background noise at all. Oh, bro, you're sweet. Sweet. All right. Just to make sure. How do you, how do you do the split screen so we're all on it? Are you on your phone? Yeah. Swipe across. Oh, thanks. Oh, champions. Way better. Awesome. Hey, you rocking like that new merch, Mike? Huh? What's that, bro? You rocking that new merch? Yeah, man. OG. There yeah. it is. That's sick. Matthew, hey, uh, pick one up, bro. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm on my way. Before we get started, I've had so many people ask, have you got any of these left? Uh, yeah, look, you've got, you've got a few, man. Different colours, different sizes. So there's a few sort of spread out of, um, of each colour and size and whatever else. So, yes, there's a couple left for sure. Uh, I'll pop, that, I'll pop down on Friday probably can, and pick up a heap. We I'm might do it they can comment on this. And um, if they want one, they can um, go through here and, and try to get to you. Get us up for sure. Yeah, thank you for my purple one, bro. I've got to rep that. No worries, man. I love that Lakers theme. Yeah, that's the one I got. That's sick. Thank you. Um, uh, let's... Yeah, I think the, uh, the most popular was the Lakers for sure. The Lakers was um, yeah. just everyone just loves fucking Katie, Lakers, Mamba. Yeah. You know what I mean, um, but the uh, but the Nationals one with that sort of three D sort of um, print that went off as well. So it was sick. That's cool. Uh, Guys, let's let's kick it off. Big Mike, guest, uh, guest for our uh, first, uh, well, second episode. But Big Mike is going to be kicking us off as our first guest here. Thanks very much for joining us, Mikey. Thanks for having me. Honored. I think so, if we're going to uh, have a first guest on, we might as well have like a 140 kilo bloke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to kick, kick it off. off. Moment, I've kicked off prep, but yeah. Once upon a time. Well, what weight are you sitting yeah. I'm sitting at 128, 129 at the moment. I've about two wow. weeks in the prep, so I generally drop a few, uh, three, four kilos 
pretty quickly from water, glycogen, uh, whatever else. But um, so yeah, feeling feeling good at the moment. I'm not forcing food down. So once once in a lifetime. I mean, we talk about this being like the um, like the amateurs amateurs podcast. I think Mike's probably the most overqualified amateur in the fucking country by far. To be honest with you. Yes, hundred percent. And hopefully, uh, not for too much longer. Not for too much. Would you just want to give us a bit of background on? Sorry, go on. No, no, you, you go, Matt. You're good. That's good. Just, just in terms of like your competing history, like you've competed in multiple countries, multiple shows. You just want to give us a background of sort of like your competing history? Yeah, for sure. So I started competing. My first contest was back in October 2014. Uh, Mr. INBA, Victoria, out at Mid Ponds. Scott Gable prepped me for that show. Um, I basically came from a background of being heavily obese. I was about 140 kilos, no gym, no nothing, just bad eating habits. You know, I used to eat my feelings. Um, that come from a whole history of sort of, you know, disruptive patterns from my childhood, whatever else. So everyone's got a story. Um, mine was, I used to binge eat. You know, I used to buy a four pack of donuts and finish them before they, so we got in the car, there's old banana, banana custom ones. And look, that's not, hasn't got to be competing, but the point was, we sort of made, made a, a choice um, just to, I suppose, get loose fat. Look good, um, look good in clothes, look good naked, hopefully. So I dropped, went from like 140 down to down to 80 kilos. Um, do you have any? Uh, do you have any naked shots? <laughs> at 140 or at 80? <laughs> <laughs> five by five. My wife, my wife's got plenty, but yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, no, um, but um, yeah. So I went down to sort of uh, 80, then I yo-yoed a bit and decided that I was. I need a goal to stick to. So for me, when I've got a goal, when I've got drive and focus, I, I can do anything. So I just, someone said, why don't you compete? So I contacted Scott Goble at the time. Um, he had the best legs I'd ever seen. They just, because I wasn't, you know, sort of into bodybuilding as such. Um, I contacted him. So I, lost, I lost all this weight over six months, down 80 kilos. Um, I then I someone to a bodybuilding show. Went to him and said, it's bodybuilding show in like a month. Yeah, not, you need a bulk first, then he's cut down. So we picked the end of the year, 2014. That was the first time uh, I started. So we, we bulked up to like 100 and, 101 kgs. And I thought, so I thought at the time, fuck man, I'm getting cut again. Then we went back down to 80 kg uh, for IMBA. And I did a muscle mania show as well with Kwame um, up, in, uh, up in Brisbane. That was 2014. So it, it sort of... I remember going to the 2014 IMBA show, Mini Ponds, and backstage, uh, and everyone started sort of taking their tops off to get tanned. And I just freaked out and I was like, fuck this, I'm not doing it, I can't do it. Coming from being you know, heavily overweight, I was really insecure about the way I looked. Never took a topless selfie, like none of that shit. And um, my wife at the time, and yeah, when we got together, obviously, bodybuilding was a part of our lives. So that came later on. So for her, this was all new as well. She said, I've been fucking put up with you dieting for the last 20 weeks. It's not getting on that stage. You're getting on that stage for getting some photos. So she sort of slapped me and I got my clothes off. And um, to be honest, from the moment I got on stage, um, that's when I sort of I knew that, you know, bodybuilding um, was for me. Uh, I just, I fell in love with, you know, I, I felt, I felt that it was more like art then. I felt it was more like, you know, a show, a presentation, 
uh, rather than just sort of lifting weights. So that's when it sort of everything clicked for me um, at that first show I did at the IMBA. So that was 2014. Um, I competed uh, the next year at the um, IFBB, uh, same October. Um, I was on stage about 80 kilos at IMBA. I got on stage about 100 kilos at the IFBB um, 12 months later. Um, and then I basically, you know, I never, I never finished, I never placed any of these shows. I never did, did well at all. Like, you know, I, I, um, I always read about sort of people who you see doing well in, in our sport, um, you know, jumping on stage. Like, you know, for me, I look at people like, you know, I know like Louis is an example. And I see Louis is sort of someone who, for the moment he sort of started bodybuilding, in my eyes, anyway, I'm, it might be different, but in my eyes, I'm like, Louis always done well. Yeah, Louis got a great shape. He's always done well. That's the perception. It may not be true. But again, like people like Sam Pierce, do you know what I mean? Sam Pierce seemed to always do well as a, as, an, as a young junior, as an amateur, sort of coming up through the ranks. He always yeah. seems to do well. There's a lot of people out there like that, but that wasn't me. Like, I fucking, I got like, you know, third of three, um, you know, fourth of four. Um, I was yep. always last, or you know, never in the conversation. Um, well, that that um, sorry to interrupt, Mike, but that kind of like leads on to the what we're going to ask you next is like, you know, I've even spoke to Sam about like what it's like training with you, and you've built up this reputation, and everyone who knows knows that you've obviously been a beast to go from where you were to where you are now. Like, you know, eighty kilos to what? What did you say you were net before? Are you heavy? One hundred twenty-eight. Yeah, yeah, now. That's some shit. Like. What is it that's kept you pushing to and kept you living on that edge? Because you're well, a pretty extreme. I, I, yeah, I never, I never placed at these shows. Um, so, you know, it wasn't like I kept doing because people were like, oh, you're doing so well, you've got a lot of potential. Like, no one told me I had potential. In fact, I got told the opposite. I got told, you know, you're nothing but a fat kid. Um, you'll, you know, never do nothing. A whole bunch of hate. Um, so I always I developed a mindset of, you know, well, hey, I loved it. So no matter what anyone said to me, I'm like, well, they can't take away the fact that I fucking love this shit. Um, and that was realer than anything else. I wasn't doing it for the, for the trophies. I wasn't doing it for the likes. You know, I wasn't popular on Instagram or any of those social media platforms. Um, I did just because I loved it, um, which is a blessing in disguise if it makes sense because I think a lot of times you see people these days do it for the trophies, and for the likes, and for the you know gratification they get yeah, from that. Yeah. That becomes part of who they are. You know, so when they don't get that, they become you see the nasty just come out. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's like for me, I never never had that, so I never relied on it to feel good about myself. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a family man at heart. Um, and and I, I, the one thing I do for me is bodybuild. Um, and with my training, I sort of remember someone saying, you know, your legs are weak. Um, your legs are weak. And so I'm like, fuck, you know, I've got to, how do I get big legs? And so I started like, you know, investing with like, you know, um, looking into bodybuilding history archives, you know, and then the one thing was, oh, you're going to train harder. Okay, cool. So, Who's a trainer hardest? Tom Platt's cool. So let's go and train with Tom Platt's for two weeks. And I did that. Then yeah, who else trains hard? Oh, Milos is, you know, trains hard. He's coming down. Cool. I'm going to train with Milos for, for two weeks. Um, you know, who else? And so I started sort of just, you know, investing in training and being around these people who I read about or heard about who, you know, achieved crazy things, you know, and like Milos is an example. My one little claim to fame is that Milos, you know, uh, 
um, said that the two, the two hardest people he's ever trained. Uh, one's Hidetada Yamagishi. He just says that he was just like Japanese warrior spirit. Um, the second's me. Um, because I don't fucking give up. And I developed a mindset behind that of I'm behind. I haven't got great genetics. I suck. I'm a fat kid. You know, all these things in my head. It didn't didn't stop me from, from doing anything that I wanted to do. Uh, but it definitely sort of helped me develop the mindset of, well, hey, the one thing you can control is how hard you work with this gym. I can't control, you know, the, the natural size of my legs or the natural size of my waist or my shoulder-to-waist ratio or how good I can vacuum or how how my biceps peak and all the, the size of my calves. I said, but I can control how hard I'm willing to fucking work in here. And, you know, I, will, I, I would literally rather die than be outworked by anyone. Uh, and it became a, a mindset towards every session. And you look at people these days, a lot of people who I help and coach as well, and I say, oh, Mike, you know, I want to take the next level. Um, send me a picture of your hardest set. Send me a picture of the hardest set you know, you've ever done in the gym. And, and man, like, I see that shit. I'm just, I shake my head. Um, not, not because I don't think I'm better than anyone else, but I, I just know that, like, the places I'm willing to push myself and when I see people pushing themselves to, it's, it's you can't compare. Um, it's not the same. That ain't yeah. it. <laughs> it's not the same. And look, I haven't trained with any of you guys um, as you know, on a one-on-one um, um, context. Um, uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's just, yeah, it, it's very different because when things get hard is when I get better. You know, and so you're like, you know, you're, you're three exercises in and you gasp because you're taking every, you know, set to failure. And like most people fade out. And like Sam will say, most people fade out. Um, but um, that's when I get better back against the wall, you know, let's, let's do it. And I just, I don't know, there's something that has to develop inside, which is the do or die. And, um, yeah. you know, I'd rather do. Yeah, Mike, that was, that was actually probably the most common um, question that we got um, on our Instagram when we did, um, you know, ask the fans. And they all asked, like, what are you thinking when you're doing your top set? Because everyone, everyone's seen your YouTube, your YouTube's blowing up. And, like, you are, I don't think anyone trains as hard as you do. So everyone wanted to know, like, what are you thinking when you're doing those big sets? You know, so those top sets. I'm just, I literally, you know, um, let's say I'm training with someone. Now I'm like five more. I'm like, no, fuck you, motherfucker. Six more. Why? <laughs> no one puts limitations on me. No one's going to tell me how many I, I've got left. No one's going to tell me, you know, my limits. And that's up to me to decide. I control what goes on. You know, and because that's the one one thing that I can, can fully control. What I eat every day, and what I have, how I train. In seven years, since I started diet with Scott Gable, I can honestly say, ask my wife, much to her fucking absolute disgusted times, I don't miss a meal. Unless it's a scheduled off meal, I, it doesn't happen. You know, I um, wherever we go, I plan ahead. I, I take whatever I need to. Um, I haven't missed a meal in seven eight years. Wow. Same thing in training. Now, I haven't taken more than two days off in a row. Now, this is not everyone's approach as well, yeah? Don't get me wrong. Me saying this isn't saying I'm better than anyone else because, like, you know, you know, in my gym, Nathan Williamson trains here, um, or Pete works out here as well. So with NJW, um, sorry, brother, uh, with NJW, he, um, he'll he take two weeks off, you know, and, and still look great. So it's not that my approach is this one. This is my approach. So I haven't taken more than two days off in a row for... Since I started, yeah, I took two days off because Neil Hill, who I um, worked with for probably three months, uh, he told me to. So again, it's just it's just the mindset of this is what I can control. So in those in those 
big sets. It's just that no one can, no one is going to outwork me. Um, I'm behind. I'm no good. All that shit that people said comes back to me. And again, I, I don't, I don't hang on to it from a negative aspect. If that makes sense, yeah. I don't hang on to it as if I'm a victim or poor me. Look what people say about me. No, it's just, it's just a reminder that you know, hey, this is your fuel. Um, you know, and, and look, guys, at one time in my life, it did affect me. You know. I'd be fucking lying if the shit that, you know, um, when we had beef with like, you know, Adam and all that stuff as well, say, so, oh, yeah, no, not, nothing affects me at all. Everything felt, you know, everything was good. No, man, shit affects you. When people say stuff about you personally, people bring your family involved as well. People, when people attack you, you know, people call you just a fat kid, you know, coming from a, a childhood where I was picked off of being fat, you know, it's like, um, it, that, that, that shit stays with you and, and, and it, it hurts you. And so you, you um, and you feel that emotion, but emotion, I believe, is just energy that you need to put into something. So, you know, I just, I just post it to put it into my training, to put it into my discipline. You know, when I wake up and feel, oh, I'm a little bit tired, so I don't want to get up at four thirty. No, get the fuck up out of bed. Don't do your shit. There's no, no days off. You know, from the goal. There's, um, there's, you know, here's a plan. This is the way we get there. Now execute. Um, and that's all that really matters at the end of the day. So I just use it. I just use all that emotion, all that energy that's sort of, you know, sort of, sort of taken in over the years into every single set. That's my approach. Well, going, going on from that, um, yeah, uh, Stan, do you want to jump in? I just, I feel like we almost need to put you down and fuel you <laughs> instead of lift you up, brother. But that, that is such a great way to transfer that energy and I feel like you're almost playing catch up from your childhood but I love that you don't have this victim mentality I had no idea about your background mm. and you really just um, charged me up yeah and again it's like you know I I don't all, all um, now it's changed it's, it's developed you know things obviously uh, move forward and they, and, they, and they grow in terms of um not how they affect us, but a sense of, of, of how we approach things. So yes, I use that negative energy as well, but then the same same thing, especially in the gym now, it's like if I see some, you know, young guys who are maybe, you know, said hello to me, I can see them watching my sets or whatever else. And like, yeah, man, I'll put an extra five, ten percent that into the next set if they're watching. Why? Because it's gonna motivate them for the next month to go and kill their conversations. So, you know, you 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 develop as you grow through this, you know, this this journey. Um Yes, you want to, because I always, sometimes I get, I get, um, not annoyed, but I see a lot of people out there say, oh, I'm out here to prove everyone wrong, whatever else, you know, who the fuck cares what anyone else thinks at the end of the day? Like, you know, people can think what they want. I use that fuel because, like I said, it, it, it's got, it's got um, emotion attached to it from a previous life that, you know, I used to live where I did sort of, you know, have those insecurities, whatever else, and insecurities are still there, but not as prevalent today. Um, but I also use, you know, energy and emotion from the fact that, you know, someone coming to the gym, starting out, watches me do a set, and then they're going to get some energy and some, and some motivation from that and carry on to their own, you know, their sessions and in their life in general as well. Maybe they're going to not miss a meal for the next month. You know, they're going to decide they're going to train the heart they're going to train for the next month. You know, whatever else um, they might take from that set. So I, I use both. I use the good and the bad. Um, to fuel, you know, my sessions and just my approaching in general. We actually called you uh, last week. No breaks, Lucy. <laughs> no, no breaks. 
no breaks for Lucy because you can just see on your socials there's there's no handbrake. Like I I don't think I've ever watched your social and you're not almost like prepping, which I love. Mm. Yeah, I always have the um. I think that when I was training during lockdown, someone said like you know, oh it's like it's off season. Why don't you just take a take a break? I'm like it's yeah you know you're not in prep. I said well I'm always in prep. I mean in preparation to improve to 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 grow to um you know put more muscle on. I might be in preparation um, to make sure my health's in order, you know, so I'm doing my health checks and whatever else, or I'm in prep to, you know, diet and get fucking shredded and get on stage and do my thing. Um, so I'm always in prep of some kind. Um, but again, that's what works for me. You know, when my life has structure, routine, um, discipline, in from, from my own personal um I suppose endeavors in terms of bodybuilding because that's you know personal something that I want to do for me. Um, there's attachments to that which help, which obviously bring other people into it, my family and friends and community that we're building as well. But bodybuilding, I, and ultimately, is an individual pursuit because I want to you know achieve a pro card, I want to get a pro stage, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, I think that ultimately it's something that I sort of you know when I have those structures and routines with bodybuilding for me every other area of my life uh, levels up as well. You know, I'm one yeah. of those people. Um, yeah, it's funny. Everyone, yeah, every, everyone, everyone knows that. Everybody knows that. Yeah. 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 We're all got like the bobblehead. Yeah. It, it encourages you though to stay there, you know, yeah, well, and yeah. that your focus. My, my business does better. You know, my, my, my relationship with does better. My spirituality goes up another level, you know, my you know, gratefulness, my, you know, uh, finances and it just, and all these things improve, you know, and 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 drop a year, um, you know. So I think that ultimately, staying in prep, um, if that's what you want to call it, for me, it's just a lifestyle, you know, and it's something that works for me. I think there's there's two really really good takeaways from that that I sort of picked up on that personally is, I mean, we all sort of coach clients or we see it on social media all the time. People that you know are hashtagging coming for that pro card on their first competition, <laughs> um, you know what I mean, and. You know, you're a true testament to, to two things. It's it's work ethic and consistency. And I mean, that's what bodybuilding is. It's work ethic and consistency over a long period of time. You know, you don't change shifts around. You don't sulk. You don't sulk. If something doesn't go your way, you, you know, you head down, ass up. You get the fucking job done. And I mean, if anyone can take away from that, I mean, we get a lot of, obviously, the demographic that we're looking with this podcast is a lot of people up and coming and amateurs and things like that. And Man, just be consistent and work your fucking ass off. And that's a, you're 100% a testament to that, which is why we sort of said collectively that we wanted you on ASAP because, you know, you embody those two two characteristics more than probably anyone else in Australia. And I think that's that's really amazing. Yeah, I think consistency wins at the end of the day, you know. Um, ultimately, if you can do um, enough, long enough, then... You know, you you want to win, and and winning is not about again a trophy on stage. Winning is about you know your best physique, you know achieving your best look, or if bodybuilding is what we're talking about. You know, but winning might also be achieving the best relationship, achieving the best you know result with your business or your career, or your finances, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know what I mean? So like, there's different ways to win in life, obviously. Um, but consistency in any aspect, not just bodybuilding, but any aspect, um, wins. How how long can you be consistent enough? The people who are, you know, up and down, up and down, up and down, um, you know, again, they're going to have, you know, the, the, it's not like they're not going to win, but it's just, um, I think that, you know, they're going to be few and far between. Whereas if you can be consistent, you know, like I have this saying where if I don't stop, then no one can stop me. 
and it's it's true. So I mean, I just I just got to keep on going. Um, we don't always get the result we want, you know. Uh, uh, I'm, a, I'm a testament to that too. It's like you know, you, sometimes you think you've done enough, and and you haven't. And again, you got two options, man. You can be bitter, or you can get better. And you just got to choose to get better. So, um, so Mikey, um, leading on from that, uh, you know, um, I think we all, all four of us, think that you are very close to getting your pro card. Um, you know, it's it's going to be very, very soon. I think we all believe that. But you know, what, what is when's when's your next show? And um, you know, how how did you feel from the last show? And what are you hoping to improve on for the next show? Um. So. First of all, I will complete season A, um, somewhere in the world. But it will be season A for sure. Uh, may not be in Australia, we'll find out. But uh, there's some things in play that we have to work out first. Some some um, fine print, so to speak. But anyway, it will be season A, somewhere in the world. That's some suspense uh, right there. I'll, I'll, yeah, I want to dig deeper on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're leaving us hanging, bro. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, sort of, you know, there, there was reasons why I couldn't compete in season B, um, and then they still stand as it currently is. Um, but again, we're not, I'm not here to talk about sort of you know, uh, well, you brought up season A, you know, it's it's not um, not unknown that you know I thought everyone thinks that you should win, but I thought you know I I, I should have won that show. I thought I, should, I thought I should have won the Thailand show to be honest. Um, if you don't saw the result over there, so I thought that you know I should have had to come back to Australia and do another amateur event. I thought it was enough, but I didn't. And uh, again, that's where we sort of you know you can be bitter or get better. Um, and, and bodybuilding is about sort of standing on stage and letting five judges or seven judges or three judges or one judge or whatever the case may be decide whether you win or lose or where you place the line according to what they like, you know. So um, if we're going to be prepared to put ourselves up there and be judged, we have to accept this decision. We have to accept the feedback. Um, you know, no one competition defines us. Um, you know, I'll, I'll hopefully, inshallah, stand up, you know, in 5, 10, 15, 20 years' time, look back and be and be proud with, you know, my, my results and, and my progress. No one competition is going to define that. It's going to be a whole bunch of competitions together. So I thought in season eight, I thought I did a bit of a really good package. I thought that I was I was really really happy. Um, yeah, I don't think I could have done much else to to bring a better package in season eight. I was I was peeled, I was full. Um, I thought I made drastic improvements to my shape and structure, which has always been my downfall. You know, from from board people have said as well. You know, and that's come with working meticulously. Uh, on details um, over the last couple of years, getting better. You know, what I want to work on for season A this year, for next time I stand on stage, I, I want to I want to be better. Not necessarily bigger, just be better. So more balance, you know, more more um, symmetry. You know, yes, I want to be a little bit tighter. Yes, I want to be a little bit bigger in the right areas. Um, it's not just about, I, I rushed in the start because I thought that, hey, I've got to be bigger. Um, and I, I just you know, blasted and did a whole bunch of things. Not a regret, but I did them to try and put as much size as possible. And yeah, I put on 20 kilos, 30 kilos, 40 kilos. But it, it wasn't sort of, you know, looking back, you know, um, I, I wouldn't change it because, you know, it's, I mean, look, when we look back, the, the knots 
everything, you know, you better connect the dots and it leads to where you are now. So, you know, whatever we've done in the past has led us to exact, our exact position. Um, and so I don't regret it, but I, I went about putting on size, but now it's more about sort of how do we refine? How do we just get better? How do we, you know, stand on stage and present a package that is, that has as little flaws as possible? Because when, it, when you can't decide between one or two sometimes, it comes down to, well, you know, who's got less flaws? Who's got, you know, whatever else? So, um, yeah, season A, I thought I delivered a really good package. You know, I thought it was uh, very close. It wasn't good enough. Um, next time I stand on stage, I want to be better. I want to be more balanced. I want to keep, keep that same trend of improvements coming through. Um, you know, I, I want to stand on stage and, and just present something that looks like a pro um, on an amateur stage. That that's ultimate, ultimate my goal, um, and now I'll keep working relentlessly to get there. Mike, I think um, two really good takeaways to what you just said there was at the start. There you said um, uh, we put ourselves out there to be judged by these, you know, the five or six or seven judges. We have to accept, you know, their opinions on their and what they believe, and so. You know, I think that's a really, really powerful message to get across to someone who's doing their first show, the second show or or whatever. Like, yeah, you're, you're going into a bodybuilding show. It's, you know, it's, it's a very subjective sport. You know, it, you know it's not like a sort of like AFL or, B, or a sport where it's very easy. It's not a 100-meter sprint. I mean, 100-meter sprint. You're either, yeah. you're either cross the line first or you don't cross the line first. Like, yeah. it's pretty simple, yeah? yeah. Whereas this yeah. is different, man. It's like, no, it, it can be different from one competition to the next from one judge to the next judge um things can change you know you can get a very 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 similar package and get judged totally differently from one you even to the next. So, you even mentioned that um it can be one judge because a head judge can take over can't they of course absolutely so I, I was versing in 2017 and competing quite well first call out i was in first place on the scorecards and then the q8 head judge took over and i went down to fourth and I mean, that can happen. Mm. Absolutely. So at the end of the day, you know, is the Kuwait judge wrong? Yeah. In our eyes at the time, yes. Fuck, fuck you. Um, <laughs> that's how we feel. It's okay to feel like that. You know what I mean, but it's important not to act in the moment. It's important to step back and accept that, you know, it, it's just, it's not our time. This is not a competition. Yeah. This, um, They've got very, uh, very good anabolic chicken over there from what I've been seeing online. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I hear as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the, the second thing to really take away from that was, you know, it's, it's not, don't rush it. It's not always about getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Like mm. your, goal, your goal with this, with this, um, this season, it come in a bit more, you know, shapely, a bit more symmetry. Yeah, maybe a bit bigger in some areas, but it's not about just exploding. You know, getting bigger. You know, I think that's. Uh, really I'll, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you some um, some figures to make, put that in perspective. Well, not so for yourself, but for the viewers. Yeah, my quad measures bigger than Jay Cutler's. <laughs> yeah, uh, Phil Phil Heath's highest contest weight was two hundred forty eight pounds. Which is uh, about 115, 114. 2.2, 2.2 to a kilo. So 110 kilos on stage, 10, 111 kilos, yeah? My last competition, I weighed 117.3 kgs on stage. Oof. Being bigger. Did you, did you say Philly? Did you yeah. say Philly? 
<laughs> he's, a, he's a swear word on this podcast. You can't say Phil Heath on this podcast. You can't? Okay. He blocked, um, he blocked me. He blocked me. Uh, uh, these like, are some like, sick stats, bro. I did not but, know but they, this. They're just numbers that, like, you know, it's you can, you can get bigger. And, yes, you have to have size because bodybuilding is about size and condition. Um, you know, yes, I believe that, you know, classic has really paved the way for, you know, that, the classic guys, the, the real structure and symmetry and shapely guys. Um, yeah, like Mr. Orchard. Um, <laughs> but but it's, really, it's really given, you know, guys like Matt, um, you know, that division to own where, you know, hey, we're going to stick to our structure and shape because that's our strength. Um, and then let alone for bodybuilding, which is still important to have symmetry and obviously be nice to look at all those sort of things. But ultimately, you know, it's a, you know, in open bodybuilding, you want to stand on stage and, and be one of the most muscular guys. 100%. You want to have Jay Cutler thighs. The biggest, <laughs> the hardest, the leanest, you should win. Um, well, what do you need to fix, Mike? What are you going to target? Me? Me? Um, yeah. Personally, this... this this last six months, I really bought up my arms. Um, so I believe that when I stand on stage next, my arms will be significantly um, bigger, rounder, more peaked. Triceps will have more sweep from the bottom, the front double bicep. Um, you know, I'll keep working on my arm, on my delts, so I'm a little more capped to that delts um, area as well. And, um, and also, I've still... And again, again, guys, you know, so in six months' time, you're going to make so much progress. Um, so I've really, really paid a lot of attention to my side belt, um, just that width from the front and that sort of cap, which gives, you know, illusion of a smaller waist and a bit of bit X-frame, um, my arms, and then my lats from the front. So again, when I do hit like a front double or a front lats, a little more lat pop from the front, um, which should, should pay dividends. Just touching on your training really quickly, you sort of saying how you're bringing up your arms and, and delts and lats. And have you changed much of your training style? I know a lot of people are really interested in whether it's volume, intensity, how much weight you're moving. What kind of principles have you applied to your arm training specifically sort of in the last few months to bring that size up? So first of all, for let's say for most people out there who are just starting, there's no way around the fact that you must get fucking strong, Okay. Um, you must pick some some good basic movements and get fucking strong, for sure. Why? Because, you know, when the difference between me and a lot of guys, when, like, you know, a lot of like super heavies can be, like, wide and have that sort of, that, that frame that makes sense, but then I turn the side and they get a bit shallow. Why? They haven't got that density and that thickness. And me, I'm fucking strong. Like, I'm strong. You know, I like to move some weight. However, I've done my best growing by increasing the reps, increasing the volume, if you like, um, and squeezing and contracting a lot more. My arms and back never grew um, like I did when I started using cables. I just squeezing and contracting and really connecting deep with, with you know, making sure I feel everywhere. Um, whereas before, it would be good to do a branch warren and just fucking just run like crazy. You know what I mean, uh, there's videos videos of me huge on uh, on instagram you know rowing off the floor more than jordan peters you know five plates rows off the floor like um yeah but my back didn't grow that much <laughs> just you know just got sore my, my lower back my fucking sore so 
know, but now if you put me in with um, you know, a set of unilateral cable lap pull downs, you know, which is everyone's favorite exercise moment, but they fucking work, you know, and and it's really easy to engage, and I get so much more of a connection apart from those than I do with almost anything else. Um, so it's changed. I got really strong. I believe it's important to get really strong at some point to build density, to build thickness, you know. Um, and you ask, is it intensity? Is it volume? Is it whatever else? It's everything. It's everything because you've got to go through everything to find out what works for you. So, you know, my legs grow from intensity, you know, for sure. My back grows from squeezing and, and higher volume. My arms the same. So I think you've got to try everything and work out what, what you like doing, number one. Because if you don't enjoy it, um, then you're probably not going to fucking stick to it long enough anyway. Uh, work out what you like. Work out, you know, try and document and, and sort of, you know, compare. You know, choose to do something long enough to actually see the difference as well. So just I'm going to try it for two sessions. Not it didn't work. My arms didn't grow two inches. No, try for six months. Try for 12 months. Compare, you know, reassess and go again, you know. Uh, work with as many people as you can. Not seriously work with, like, you know, be prepared to take in as much information as you can from people who have, who have you know, great arms or great backs or whatever else. So listen, read, understand what they did to, to, to grow the way they did. Obviously understand that most pros you look up to are genetically fucking gifted. So it's going to be very hard to, you don't necessarily train like them to look like them. But what I'm trying to say is that these, these people who have achieved great things over 10, 20 years in a sport, you know, are, are very experienced in their training styles so, and methodologies. So try them all, document, you know, progress as well, and then work out you know, what feels right for you. And then just, and it's never ending. What, what works today is, might not be what works in two years' time. So for me, I've just been open to everything. I have never sort of you know, believed that there's one true way, one right way only, you know. Um, when I did recomp for a short period of time, my only problem with recomp was the fact that, you know, they were just so insistent on the fact that this is the one way and everything else is bullshit. Like, well, no, because, you know, like, um, different things work for different people. So I think being open to that, that, that um, idea that, you know, different things work for different people um, and ultimately... I think Charles Pollock, when rest in peace, he said that, you know, strength training is like a, um, is like a, a foreign language when you're trying to learn a foreign language. If you learn one or two words, then you're not going to be, you're not going to go to, if I learn, you know, one or two Spanish phrases or words, I'm not going to go to Spain and, and fit in. I'm going to struggle. But if I got fluent in Spanish and learned all the vocabulary and all the phrases and all different dialects, you know, I'm going to go to Spain, I'm going to fit in like a, like a natural, Yeah. So I hear what he was saying there was, yeah, obviously strength training, is, it's, it's very complex. Um, and just obviously try and just expose yourself to as many different methods as possible. Um, and with every method, apply intensity. Well, I think, um, you know, you've, you've got probably the biggest quads in the straight here. And, um, and you know, you've armed... And like when, when I we we saw we saw you in season B and you know your arms have almost doubled in size, so let's just go with you know you're probably your your two or three go to exercises for building your quads and two or three building your arms. What would you go for? Leg extensions, side hack squat, only two. That's it. And what would you um, go with, with like with, third leg press? So, so Mike, what would you go with like reps and stuff with that? And sets. As heavy and as many. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I just keep trying to wait on. You know, I don't believe that on a league press. I don't. I don't see any merit in doing six to eight reps on a leg press. Why? Um, you know, I've done 1,100 kilos on leg press for like eight reps. You know, I just got sore fucking knees. Um, you know, but I've done 500 for like 25. That felt fucking amazing. Um, you know. Um, yeah. I think on a hack squat, I think on a hack squat, tempo is key there. So you know, if you're bouncing up and down, or um, making it easier by you know using momentum, then it's probably not going to um, have most effect. You know, but using a very controlled, eccentric on a on a hack squat um, is going to give you the, the biggest payoff there as well. And with leg extensions, I mean, it's such a simple and, and basic movement, one that we've done forever. Um, so there, it's just about obviously full range of motion, you know, um, hard contraction, and just absolutely like you know, raising the bar every week in terms of new intensity. You know, I, I've done drop sets, back off sets, iso hold. I've tried with Tom Platts in the league, league ascension. Like you know, I've tried with Tom Platts uh, and Mila Sasser, both equally as fucked up on the hack squad. You know, so I, I don't think that there's you know, again, a right way of. Um, this many reps, this many sets. That's it's like in, more instincts, eh? Like you're just, every yeah, day your absolutely. adrenals are different, your hormones change every few hours. You yeah, can't I pick it when you walk into the gym. No, so what I do is I generally, how I train now, I'll track my first, um, I'll track my reps. So when I'm when I'm squatting, everyone around me knows, my wife, who probably spots me more than anyone, even if I've got a thousand kilos on, she'll still spot me. She'll know, don't touch it. Don't touch that my fucking weight until I'm, I fail, yeah? Once I fail, then it starts. Now we can do some force reps, okay? But I only track my reps on the first set um, and my reps, okay? And I do walk into the gym every day and try and beat my last effort, my reps. After that, I go fucking, I make sure everything's out of the tank. Um, so I still track my progress on those movements, but... I will still go past that and then, you know, absolutely like destroy myself. Um, because I believe it's, 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 it's somewhat necessary. Uh, especially do you take, any, um, do you take any adrenal, adrenal subs, Mike, like uh, raw adrenal, any, anything for your adrenals? Cause you know, you're pounding yourself. Yeah. I think um, I use ATP, um, court, I think it's adrenal. Court RX. Which I really like, you know. Obviously, I take a whole range of supplements like, you know, curcumin and ashwagandha as well, whatever else to help to, you know, minimize uh, stress, fatigue, inflammation. I'm very big on ice baths and cryotherapy, um, which I believe help, you know, norepinephrine and things like that as well, which, you know, can help, you know, reset circadian rhythms and um, definitely help you sleep. So, I'm I'm real on top of my recovery. Yes, I think I have to be because I don't sort of you know have those um, off days or whatever else. Um, I take rest days, but I don't sort of you know I'm always on. I'm always pushing. So I found that obviously I because I because that's how I like to train and that's how I like to be and exist. I have to be on top of everything else. My recovery, otherwise I just crash and burn. With your um, obviously training like that. How are you structuring your food? Are you structuring your food around your workout times or are you looking at your day in like uh, phase blocks or like what are you, what are you doing there? Because I know like I like, to, I like to have a fasted period in the morning. Like I like to have a good solid fasted period in the morning 
and then I'll kind of like slowly introduce food and then I'll blast food around my training and then I have like a little just like dinner almost. I kind of today a little bit, a little bit light like that. So what do you, what do you do? So like again, depends on the phase I'm in as well. But I do also like to wake up and leave as long as I can before my first meal. Um, in in prep or trying to get lean, I don't care what any data says. I believe faster cardio is best, or at least faster activity. If that makes sense. Yeah. So if I get, yeah, I'm going to shoot my GH, my clean. This is in prep. Yeah, my my, my injectable carnitine, my GH, my clean, my T4. I'm going to probably go yeah. at least three hours with no yeah. food. I just fucking try and you know. Steps, PT, you know, activity, just fucking be busy. Not necessarily cardio, yeah. I don't, I don't do cardio now for prep, uh, but I get steps on busy. I leave, I believe as long as I can before my first meal, I believe I'm optimizing that, that, that fat burning period. You know, I wake up, my blood sugars are always around 4.6, 4.7. I measure that, that daily as well. So a little more is in a good spot there. Yeah. Um, I think too, people... I think people would need to realize that I know Matt likes to do a little bit of a fasting period as well. When Matt was prepping up and he come up here, he was doing a hell of fasting period in the morning. But a lot of people, people think like they need to wake up and just start forcing and, but you don't. And you realize like that, that fasted period, like there's all, there's hella science around all this stuff, but like as bodybuilders that you can, you need to be utilizing that period, especially in a fat loss phase. Cause you know, where's that fat, where's the energy going to be coming from if you haven't put anything in, you just slept all night, you know, last year was ages ago. You know, you're going to start liberating these, uh, you know, fatty acids to get it moving. So people, and, and it doesn't actually, um, you don't get so hungry either. You know, you, you actually surprise yourself. Like after a little while, those hungry signals kind of disappear and you can kind of keep going for quite a while. Like I often have my first meal around 11 o'clock, you know, that's when my eating day starts, you know, so it's, it's quite late, but that fasting period is so, it, there's a lot to take from that if you can. We're touching yeah, on that. Sorry, I start at 3.34. Sorry to drop someone there. I start at 3.34 my day. And my first meal is generally around sort of 8 to 9 a.m. in somewhere between that phase there as well. Um, and sometimes I'll do a fasted, like an arm session as well before for my first meal. So, um, again, that, that's what suits me. I do, I do like to sort of, if I was having to choose where my carbs go, I would like to place them around my training. Um, pre and post, you know, again, I choose a meal that is, um, you know, easily digestible, works for me pre-training, because I don't want to be bloated and heavy during my training. And then post-workout, I'll again try and get something quick. You know, I love things like cereal or rice pudding or cream of rice and all these things, some fruit as well. Um, Mike, so that, um, that rice pudding that you're having is ridiculous. That's like 2,000 calories. Yeah, it's a bit smaller now, but... Well, it's so are. easy to do that with that, though. It's so easy. Yeah, up, up until recently, I was having 400 grams of checks in my post yeah. Um But again, so my, my next point was during deficit, like it's probably, um, you know, food timing is, is, is less of an issue um, because... But when you're trying to eat 8,000 calories, uh, and which... Again, guys, I'm also very careful because I believe a lot of today's, you know, it's a trend today to see what bodybuilding seems to turn to like you know, an eating contest. Oh, I can eat 6,000 calories. I'm on 7,000 calories. I'm on this many calories. I don't give a fuck what you, what you eat, yeah? I'd rather eat 4,000 calories and grow all day long. Why? My stomach's smaller. My digestion's better. I feel better, right? But the point is that anything, like I end my dieting on 3,900 calories last, um, last, that was my lowest. 
And, uh, you know, anywhere below 600 grams of carbs, and I'm losing scale weight daily. Um, you know, that's just me. What a problem that's to have, hey? <laughs> Everyone else on 30 calories laying on their couch or emaciated. <laughs> well, didn't didn't uh, Flex, Lewis, Flex Lewis hardly even eats off-season some days. Like, he's, he had hardly any calorie, like, really low meals. And look at him, he's yes. the best 2 on 2 in the world. Again, so everyone's different as well. But for me, I have to be pushing 8,000 calories to force that growth, you know? Mm. And again, if you if you sort of look at, um, yeah, I don't get a shade because all my meals are clean as well. But again, 8,000 calories, you know, that fasting meal that we talked about, well, I've got actually my last meal as long as possible, my first meal, sorry, as long as possible, that becomes harder and harder to do when you've then got to force in that many calories the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not a huge believer in drinking a lot of calories. I'll have 150 grams of carbs at that highest point, like through um, like cluster bomb, you know, around my training. Um, oh, but I like to, I like to eat most of my food, most of my uh, my carbs. I do have a lot of weight. I have probably upwards of 150 grams of weight a day, so I don't eat a lot of whole meat. Again, my digestion. I have, I have a lot of trial and error. Yeah, that um, it works for me. Yeah. Um, so again, at eight thousand calories, it's harder to 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 leave that longer period. You have to try and get those those meals in earlier, so that you're not having to force feed three thousand calories at midnight. Because I've been there and done that. It, that sucks. They really. This is so, so so interesting because just yesterday we put up on the on our page about when you wake up, not interrupting the adenosine receptors in the brain, because the first two hours when you wake your body's refueling adenosine receptors in the brain and that will stop you from crashing at say 12 or uh, afternoon. Whereas everyone wakes up, has stimulants, uh, coffee, uh, meals, and they wreck their adenosine are more tied through the day. So it's so interesting what both of you are bringing up. Science yes, I, pretty much, I pretty much won't have um, any, uh, the most caffeine I have now is for a double espresso uh, and that'll be uh, before I train, and then um, you know maybe if I if I go out for coffee with the wife or something, I might have another double espresso when I'm out. Um, but I don't I don't use pre workout at all. Um, I don't use any sort of caffeine or stimulants um, uh, pretty much at all. It's just out of choice. I feel better when I'm not using them. I can't I can't even tell you like what it is about them that I like, but just something about it just makes me feel a bit off. There goes uh, there goes that sponsorship. <laughs> so, uh, so I don't um I don't I don't need to you, uh, have a lot of you did a lead priest Mike you did a lead <laughs> priest honest. you're gonna lose the muscle tech sponsorship straight away I don't even use no, my dropsy cut hardcore uh, I, I, I use a uh, what's it called um Nitrotech so I oh, cool. twenty kilos <laughs> uh, so big yeah, Mike yeah. um you know you you said you're taking about 150 grams of um carbs in while you're training do you have any digestion issues with that or does that go down pretty smoothly for you no i use hbcd actually i use a mix i use 100 grams of um so highly branched psychodextrin i use about 50 grams of carbs from gatorade um again because it's just what works for me you know I've read, there was a huge study uh was available on public a little while ago so that if you don't enjoy what you're eating then the absorption you know efficiency rate or you know uh, absorption um effectively um is significantly impacted so you know i i enjoy drinking gatorades um so i have a gatorade and i feel yep. doing that you know i mix some i mix some carbs with it hbcd um that's what took my gut i've tried the target i've tried dextrose and tried a local one as well 
Um, Slug Injection is probably the best. Cluster Bomb in particular by Redcon. I also have used successfully in the past um, Infrared by ETP. Um, I didn't mind that product either as well. Those two are my carb choice for a powder, and the rest just in Gatorade. Special shout out to Aaron Singerman. Thank Christ you're free, brother, out of jail. Uh, go Redcon. Sponsorship <laughs> <laughs> coming in, coming out. <laughs> <laughs> he got released. He got released uh, the other day. He's yeah, he's stoked about it, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he's a good bloke. Uh, yeah, big Mike. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm pretty similar. Like I can churn through carbs pretty easily. Like I'm pretty high. Um, you know, calories in my off season without sort of dropping weight at all, uh, or, or putting weight on too fast. So I'm, I'm pushing like around five and a half, six thousand. Not quite as much as you, big man, but. Kind of up there um, with the high carbs yeah, and stuff. It doesn't matter. If I, if I could eat five, six thousand calories and grow. I, I 100% agree with that. Sure. If I could eat less and grow, I definitely would because, yeah. like, it, it's, a, it's a chore, man. It, it's a bloody chore. So it's a workout on the organs, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I just think that, you know, especially for me, it's like, you know, I'm on my main points, you know, I wear a waist train every day to try and keep my stomach as, mm. as tight as possible, my, you know, TV, my, you know, all that stuff in check. Um, having to eat eight dozen calories just goes against all those principles I try and do to keep that stomach in tight because you just want to, <laughs> no matter what you do you just fucking you know, feel full all the time uh, that's why I enjoy these first couple weeks of prep so much because I'm not hungry yet if that makes sense um, yeah. but my digestion relief is just like wow thank god is so, there a reason you don't actually like drinking your drinking your food like do you have an actual reason why you don't like to do that um, again, no, just preference. You know, I, I don't enjoy drinking drinking my cows. Um, maybe, maybe it is the fat kidding me. Just loves eating so much, but like, there's no reason why. Yeah, you know, because in the same in the same breath, I, I have so much weight. So sort of sort of, well, if you're willing to drink your protein, why wouldn't you drink your you know your your carbs? But um, yeah. I don't know, brother. Can I can I ask that one with any fat? I've kind, of, um, I've kind of done both, and I've like I remember. Cause I've never been a massive eater and I, I, I spoke to you about that. Remember while I was up in Ailey beach, I messaged you one time and I was like, bro, like how much, how much food is that? And I said, man, I mean, I'm only growing, I'm only in like three and a half thousand calories. And you were like, bro, if I could eat three and a half thousand calories, but I find if I do drink too many of my calories, I find metabolically, I actually get really lazy and it almost kills, uh, kills my urge of, for hunger. Yeah. Have you ever had that? Has sure. anyone else ever had that? Where you start drinking too much shakes, you kind of get lazy in the kitchen, lazy with what's going in your mouth, and your stomach starts to get lazy after that? <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. I, look, I, I think it does. Keep an eye out for that. Because a lot of people always, like, you're right, you go, you go, you go. Yeah. <laughs> all that, I was going to say, all those hunger hormones that, you know, normally that we get from, like, you know, chewing food. Yeah. Know, saliva. Yeah. Start yeah. this digestive process. It will make sense for sure. Yeah, well, you're bypassing a whole part of the process, aren't you? Kind of shortcut. And There's definitely yeah. a different ghrelin response to eating and drinking, 100%. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So when it comes to digestion, Mike, and, and you know the ridiculous amount of carbs that you're having, sometimes you're having 1,300 grams of carbs in your off-season. Are you a big fan of any sort of GDAs or sort of like glucose disposal agents that can help you digest that? Or what's your approach when it comes to that? Or insulin? Yeah, um, <laughs> when, 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 um, <laughs> so, uh, 
Um, I don't, I don't, my, my highest I go to at the moment in the off-season phase is we have the 20 units of like Atlantis with meal one and just five units or six units pre and post. Um, so that obviously helps. And I find that, you know, produces a lot of pancreatic stress, brings my, you know, resting heart rate right down, reduces blood fatigue um, significantly. So there's a whole bunch of benefits as to why I use that, apart from just the fact that, you know, it, it's it's benefits as a, um, as regulating storage, uh, which is what it does best. But the, um, yeah, I use berberine and metformin. So berberine with heal one, metformin with um, my last meal. I do that year round. What, why do you choose to have metformin at the end of the day and berberine during the day? Well, I think the berberine has a bunch of other um, health benefits as well, which I like to sort of come through. Um, I don't like having them together. And I like metformin overnight. In terms of like, you know, we don't produce insulin overnight. So if you're having a heavy meal, like when we're sleeping, we shouldn't be producing, producing insulin. So natural scanning rhythm, so we're sort of, you know, while our body thinks we should be sleeping, we're not going to naturally release or produce insulin. Yeah, that's why shift workers struggle a lot because they're eating overnight, but the body doesn't produce insulin at the same rates it would normally during the day. So I think that metformin helping to, you know, as those carbs travel through for nighttime, when you are having carbs before, but especially helps to really just use those carbs um, a lot more effectively. And again, reduce the stress in the body um, over a long time period. And I have been in the morning, so I still like to separate them to reason why. And then that's probably going to set you up for a better fasted period in the morning for that, you know, four, so. yeah. four hours or whatever you said you, you have. You know, you're going to be lower insulin, you're going to be lower blood sugar, you're going to be more, I guess, in fat burning mode yeah. in that fasted period because of that. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Um, okay, so if we continue down that sort of track, um, and as long as you're comfortable with, we're talking about this because we want to be transparent on this on this podcast and informative to a lot of you know people out there who are interested in watching watching it. Um, you know, if we're going into a, a prep like you are now, you know, what what sort of protocols are you sort of using to you know as an enhanced athlete? You know, so I. Um... I work with Dean McKillop, so I would, um, um, he designs or recommends, you know, all of my um, head protocols. Um, so what I'm trying to say by that is that, you know, I definitely follow um, help and guidance and Dean's very meticulous on checking bloods and, and all the other things as well. So number one, I wouldn't suggest doing things by myself. Hey, Will. Um, I wouldn't suggest to do anything on your own merit, definitely get some advice from you know, someone who's you know, either well-educated or got a lot of experience. So that's number one there as well. Don't just trust the local gym that. <laughs> Me, as a 130 kilo, you know, um, bodybuilder who's trying to achieve a, a high level in the sport, you know, I'll, I'll definitely use a, um, like a polypharmacy approach. Like, sort of like, you know, less of, more that makes sense and the reason there is to try and take the good from each of what you know any compound has to offer you know, the more you push up any one compound in particular the, the potential for negative side effects past a certain dose increases so try and get the most from the from the least and spread it out if that makes sense and when we do try to when we do run up certain things um to work towards our total milligram per kilo 
um, of body weight targets, which I'll, again, I'll push up towards <laughs> 20 megs per kilo um, from, a, from a weekly standpoint at, at the um, tapered end of my um, prep. Yeah, I'll choose things that um, have more clinical studies uh, research done around, you know, less negative side effects at high doses. So things like mastering from a bowl and I'm happy to run up towards 1,000 meg um, a week. My test at the moment, I never take higher than 500 meg per week. I haven't for the last probably three years. I haven't in the past. Um, but typical, you know, peak accumulation for me at the end of a dieting phase, um, competition prep would be 500 megs of tests up towards 200 megs of masterone, um, an anthate, test an anthate, probably 150 megs of trend and anthate. Um, I'll be taking 25 megs of provarin every night. Um, I'll be using probably up towards 50 milligrams of anavar, towards the end, 50 milligrams of stena. Um, and then I'll probably use a little from six to 10 of growth hormone, probably 100 micrograms of T4, maximum 40 micrograms of clen. Um, pretty much it. Pretty much it. I might add in some Anadrol if I'm really flat um, towards the end, but that's that's uh, that's pretty much me at the at peak accumulation. You know, I might chuck 100 megs of Anadrol on a comp day, why not? So just just the things, some things to take away from that. And I think, you know, <laughs> I think, um, uh, you know, first of all, like we're talking about one of the biggest bodybuilders in Australia right now, like yeah. uh, 130 kilo. So what were you on stage? 117? 117.3, yes. 117, yeah. And, you know, um, you were talking about 20 milligrams per kilo um, um, at, at the top of your accumulation. So what yep. you mean by that is you're sort of building it up throughout the prep. Is that right? Yes, I wouldn't start my prep with that. So over that yep. you know, course of 12 to 14 to 20 weeks, I'll start off on a 200 megs of you know, mastering and we work up from there as well. And so we titrate up um, to a peak accumulation, um, probably peak accumulation somewhere around four to six weeks out, four weeks out to let it really accumulate and obviously um, do its thing. Uh, yeah, and in saying that, guys and girls listening, um, you know, when I first um, entered into the, the realms of um, of head enhancement, I um, Jason Hart, remember Jason Hart, gave me my first ever cycle, which was very interesting, uh, very blase, very just yeah, add this in, add that in, add this in, add that in, and no real sort of tracking at all. Um, Again, that was his way. Uh, but then I also worked with, you know, Luke Timms back in the day. And, you know, Luke Timms and the old school way of thinking of bodybuilding was grammar tests, grammar masks, you know, two grams of trend, um, you know, as, as much room next as you need. Just, and I wasn't, um, I wasn't better on those, on those dosages, that's for sure. Neither that was your liver. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. These guys, ten to twenty, you will be you know, going to the motor day and whatever else. It's like you know, T three, T four. Um, so, in saying that, more is not better. You know, mm. a lot of guys who come to me for help these days, you know, will start on, will come to me on on cycles from. It doesn't matter which other, you know, coaches, um, but it, you know, they use more than me. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I just say, try and put it in perspective. 
So listen, right now I weigh 130 kilos, yeah, in like the peak of my off season, trying to accumulate as much mass as possible. And you're using double what I'm using. You know, like yeah, that doesn't sort of like sort of how it help help it make sense to them, um, then they're beyond help. Uh, it's so scary because they're also dosing like four scoops of pre-workout, mm-hmm. a Red Bull, and going and partying on the weekend. And it's just so silly. Yeah, a couple of Rio, a couple of lines here and there, and you know, and all this alcohol, all this accumulation. Um, and like, you know, these guys, they're, they're not making sure their gear comes from the right places. They're, you know, just using the cheapest stuff they can find. Um, it's just a recipe for disaster. And, you know, um, yeah, it used to sort of make me not want to help people and, or give advice on, on pets to people because obviously you leave yourself open to all kinds of, you know, um, you know, what if something goes wrong as well, obviously. Um, but then again, I try and be as, obviously, as light-handed as possible, encourage regular blood checks. You know, I've even had to cross consultations with guys like Victor Black and John Jewett, you know, when people want to use um, PEDS, you know, to, at an advanced level. So just to try and, so I suppose, off, first of all, offset my liability from, you know, what I'm uh, essentially um, recommending or whatever else. Um, but also just, again, to get a second opinion or help you see that it's not just me trying to say less is more, but it's, it's, you know, from, it's actually got real legitimacy behind it. You know, the secret is not, there's no secret drug out there that's going to, you know, make you put on 10 kilos. It's, not gonna, it's hard work, it's consistency, it's food, if anything, um, and hard training over time. You know, people want to believe there's a magic drug. People want to believe that, you know, you're that big because you take more, you know, trend than, than anyone else. Or you have access to the best trend in the market, or you know all this sort of stuff they want to believe. That's not true. So you know, I would just sort of um, yeah, really caution people against going down that path because you know, as Sam was suggesting as well, the things that you won't necessarily notice now that can go wrong, um, they'll probably go wrong later in life as well. But then it's too late, and then you're really you know you're significantly impacting your healthy life expectancy, you know, the quality of life, your family going to live as well if you're not there, or if you experience health conditions or concerns on the way. It's all, the whole, the whole bunch of things you're not thinking about. Because people get stuck in this, this mindset, though, now. It's just, it's now. It's, it's instant gratification. I need to feel this way now, so they do, you know, whatever they can to feel that way. Um, and it, then just, I suppose, again, I always try and, if people can take away any message, it's just, you know, do, do your research, your multiple opinions um, and use less than they probably think you need. I think some really massive takeaways from that. Um, and the, the same message keeps coming back, which is it's consistency over time. You know, it's not like, you know, trying to get it now, trying to be massive now. It's like, you know, trying to look at a long term, your bodybuilding is not bodybuilding, you know, type of thing. So, that's great, great advice, Mark. Yeah, I've used, um, you know, with, with a certain coach, I used 120 units of fast insulin per day. What? 30 AU pre, 30 AU post double sessions. Um, I've done it. Was it right? No. I'm yeah, so yeah. glad you're still with us, Mike. Yeah, don't do that, you know. <laughs> Feel, I can feel my pancreas getting tight just hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but I tried it because you know I was like, oh yeah, like, that's the secret. Do you know what I mean? Like you know, that's what the, these pro saints use. I'm going to try it, and yeah, it wasn't the right way. 
um, in hindsight. Yeah, again, no regrets from trying it. You know, like obviously there's risks involved and I took those risks and if I had my time again, I probably wouldn't have. Um, but I did it, you know, but I'm, I'm definitely here to say that, you know, I didn't, you know, I got heavier, but I didn't get better um, using that much. So, yeah. A lot of people these days, you know, they try and obviously in, increase their food so they can just use more insulin. And I think that your insulin should be only be increased when you need to eat more food, and not the other way around. Just on that one as an example. The, the only last thing I wanted to bring up from that was you said like in the probably the last sort of peaking phase of your your prep, you know, you're pushing about 40 milligrams of, of clean. Now, like this is, you know, I've, I've micrograms, heard, yes, micrograms. So, <laughs> but I've heard, I've heard so many people just taking so much of this stuff, and it's just like, I think the you're taking your peak with well, last few weeks of peak. If you're not lean enough, you're not lean enough, and it's not gonna, it's not some magic thing. It's just gonna rip the the, the fat off, you know. It is gonna raise your cortisol through the roof and probably make you lose a few kilos of muscle. Yeah, um, I think yeah. Again, people sort of get you know people hold again. Okay, so I've had people come to me and just be like, oh yeah, so this is my last dieting experience for the show, and you know we didn't get where I wanted to be, and we ended up crash dieting the last two weeks, and we hear it all time and time again. So they either weren't in a good position to start, they started too late, um, or they you know, didn't work hard enough to get along the way. There's multiple reasons why. But again, if you're not very, very close to ready two weeks out, um, you know, there's no amount of clean that's going to save you that time. Um, you know, it's, it's just not going to happen and you're not going to jump on stage looking your best. You know, it's just the same as diuretics. You know what I mean? It's like no diuretics are going to save you 24, 48 hours out of competition. It's just not going to happen. Diuretics are... Sorry, Lou. Take a diuretic and you're fat. That's the worst way you can look on stage, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, we need to make a name for that. <laughs> I, think that, I think that if you're still fat, just come in as full as possible because that's fucking the only way that you look decent with the muscles pushing against the skin release. But it's, um, it's you know, I, I've had in IFBB Elite, I'm not afraid to say it, it was fucked in, right? But it's like, in, in, in Australia, the head judge, you know, is giving the, the bikini girls um, who he's coaching backstage diuretics to take before they get on stage. You know, after he's told them to cut sodium oils and stuff as well. And so the reason why I'm not afraid to say it is because that shouldn't be happening. You know, it's, it's it's dangerous, man. But honestly, the head judge, you know, giving fucking moderatics to 60 kilo bikini girls who aren't in shape. Um, you know, so yeah, take this, it'll make all the difference in you know the, the next six hours, seven hours before you hop on stage. And you know, it's just it's just the wrong approach. Um, it's it is dangerous. Yeah, and it's probably lucky these girls are fat because that's how they how they're um, and when I say fat, I'm not meaning fat guys, you know what I'm talking about. Don't get offended anyone out there, please. But it's lucky these girls aren't in content shape, true content shape, because if they were in true content shape, they'd probably be dead. Lucky they've still got some, you know, some some cushion there to uh to, to help them get through, but this is happening out there, and um, it's it's really sad. You know what I mean, a, um, that culture. Does a bikini girl really need to be taking a diuretic? Like, do they really need to be getting that crazy dry? Like, they're meant to be. Um, ultimately, no. I wouldn't say a diuretic. You know, obviously, I'm all about enhancing. 
Um, you know, I'm not saying you can't use events, you know. I've had great success using half a mod uh, before. You know, I've, I've had that, I've had really, really good success um, using that. But again, I've, you know, it's in a very controlled environment. You know, I've measured my potassium, my sodium, my water. I've measured all this stuff coming in, so I, I generally know where things are. Um, but again, so it's like, it's not, um, I'm not against it. Is that, is, that for, is that for you? Is that for you or for Bikini Girl? No, that was for me. No, for Bikini Girl. That's what I was saying. I'll never, I'll never it's recommend like it. It's like a bikini natural, girl. natural diuretic. Yeah, if you're Bikini Girl, you... Oh, you take some vitamin B, vitamin C. You know vitamin C, yeah. High yeah. dose. Yeah. I mean, just, just sort of touching on that, like, obviously, me competing season B just recently, uh, Mike was up there. He sort of had a really good watchful eye, and, I, you know, I appreciated a lot of his help. Um, and he helped me with a lot of things sort of with peak week and stuff like that. And he took a look at me sort of two days out, one day out. And we sort of chatted about, you know, what things we could do, um, you know, getting on stage. And, you know, he took one look at me. He's like, you don't, you don't need to change anything. And, and I think we all kind of subscribe to the same thought process of if you get peeled, you get lean enough early enough, you don't need to put these things in. Um, and I think that's the most important thing. If you're trying to chase something, you know, last minute, you probably haven't done the right things in the lead up to the show in the first place. So, yeah. So, so you helped the Melbourne guys, but the Queensland, Sydney, not so much. Well, Stan, you look better in New South Wales, bro. So, <laughs> I thought, I, yeah, I flattened out a bit, I think. Yeah. I don't know, you look, I think that um, obviously you came in, looked like you came in a touch lead. Obviously, your weight was down. In Queensland, but at New South Wales, you were so full. It was really, really, it was eye catching. And New South Wales, to me, like you couldn't take your eyes off you. Thanks, um, bro. From a fullness perspective, um, it didn't translate to the um, to the national stage. Um, you know, and again, I mean that, you know, obviously, I'm telling you, you looked like, you know, eye catching at New South Wales. It was like, yeah, wow, so full and so round. It was really, um, it was a nice look. Um, you could have been a touch tighter for sure from behind. Um, but it's like, that was a really nice look. I think, you know, that just in the touch more off through the back, posterior, would have been like fucking just nailed it. Um, I don't know if he came in tighter and really died down for the Nationals. He maybe carved up and stood a little bit. I'm not then cut out. I'm not sure what happened. But it, it didn't have that same pop as had in Wales. Yeah. It was really nice. Yeah, I just got so many messages to bring the glutes in and everyone was just hammering me about it. And, um, you know, I went, I dropped uh, four kilo into that and I felt, I look at back at the photos, it looks flat. That's why I kept going and pursued the next show because I was like, I didn't do that right. So, you know. Yeah, like I said, you, you really, even though you could be a touch tight as well, you popped so much, it almost didn't matter. That makes sense because you were so full. It was just, it looked really fucking like, you know, cartoon-like. Um, yeah, which is great. You know, great. And it, it did translate to the national stage, which is probably why you know um, you missed that. Just yeah, and I felt I end. felt like at the overall, you know, Luca was a, a fuller, but sort of missing a bit of hammy and uh, you know some areas, and it didn't matter. Do you know what I mean? So you, I you is, again, you know, I don't, I don't care. So you know, this is this is again opinion. Um, but um, it's like Luca was you know, obviously lean and vascular. But he wasn't like it, it didn't have um, um, the muscle bellies and the separation that I think you had. Um, Looking at you both together, that makes sense. You know, he had his vascular vascularity to him. Crazy people often people often mis mistake vascularity for condition. Uh, if that makes sense, like really hard, yeah. dry condition. And 
yeah, so it was just a um, he's, uh, post, bro. He's still quite like, vested now in the off season. Like he put up a uh, Luca. He put up a photo just recently where you know he's like his back is still got veins going through the traps. Like, yeah, he's a vascular dream, yeah, for sure. Like you people, some people like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean, like, vascular yeah. veins. They never want to pressure. Yeah. Yeah, some guys just got veins, eh? Yeah, yeah cool. Look at that. That's it's cool, but that's not you know, necessarily bodybuilding. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah, if anything on stage, yeah, I'd, I'd rather you know, nice separation for muscle bellies as opposed to vascularity. But again, it's a subjective sport. And it's just my opinion on you know on on bodies, not on personalities either. Not on you know nothing no. against any one individual. People often mistake that. Hey, if I say you've got you know you need to bring up this part of you, whatever else. It's like, no, that's an attack on me. No, at the end of the day, it's fucking just feedback on the way you look because you put yourself out there to be judged. Well, it's, it's I think when you're, that, when, you're, when you're that real, you become a good coach as well because you just say it how it is. And people and need a, to hear. And a good friend sometimes, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, going, going back to sort of um, that um, modularity, sort of um, what you were talking about before, um, like I definitely don't... Um, you know, bikini cheeks to need that or anything like that. But from my ex- experience, I didn't take anything for the state show, but I definitely felt like I was a bit watery on stage. And then I wanted to come in a bit drier. So I took a, a third of a modulatic the night before at about five o'clock. And then I was taking um, 200 milligrams, no, 500 milligrams of vitamin C and a tablet of, uh, I think it's B6. Um, every two hours, and I, I, was, I was piercing and piercing and piercing, and woke up heaps, heaps drier and and really happy with it. But like literally one third of the tablet, like it's a tiny tablet, and I had one third of it. Like I don't know about like more. Actually, I had a coach one time. You know, I was young. I had no idea. I trust this guy. Three days out from the show, give me three mods a day. <laughs> Bro, I, I kid you not, I couldn't do anything but lay flat in my bed because I was full body cramping if I moved some shit. <laughs> and that can, that can lead to hyperkalemia. It's very bro, dangerous. Bro, I was I, I've, I've had guys in, in Sydney having 20, 30 of them leading up to shows. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. and then this dude had me drink um, uh, beetroot juice and salt and niacin. And bro, so I've had three days of loading and getting all fucked up. And then I get to the show and he gets me to drink this shit. And we all know what happens if you drink salt water. So I'm like, now I'm passing like in and out of consciousness, man. I'm hanging over a, a bin with a bag in it, trying not to vomit in the bin. I'm getting my arm held up by some dude rubbing tan on it. Mess. It was just the worst, worst bodybuilding experience of my life, man. It was life, bro. Uh, I've even done that. Fuck, man, I've done some dead dumb shit. But, yeah, but again, you know, when, we're, when, we're, when we're young, when we're young, and when we're um, not not um, easily influenced, but we look up to the some people. I mean, and we, and we, you know, we really take hey. on board what they say. Um, and sometimes, and we, sometimes you just don't know any better, and you're like, yeah, you you really put your faith in your coaches, you know. You know, you're sure. you're expecting them to to guide your naive ass to a win, you know, <laughs> so. You know, you'll do whatever when then someone tells you to, you know, especially when you're a good athlete and you know how to be coached. You'll do whatever someone tells you, man. So don't do the wrong shit and go to the early grave like I almost did. <laughs> you know? Wow. Sure. But I think that's kind of the purpose of us wanting to put together this podcast where we can, like, inform people of dumb shit not to do 
and yeah, man. <laughs> yeah like Louis and Spears, and um, and you know, also like Mike was saying, like we're saying, one of the biggest bodybuilders in Australia right now, he's accumulating his his gear protocol going into a show, not just slamming fucking three thousand milligrams or something, you know, from day one. And you know, he's he's accumulating up. He's probably taking less than some of the juniors guys are. So, you know, um, that was definitely. He's taking less than some people at my gym that have no intentions of competing ever. <laughs> and look, I'm not here sitting there. So some some people say, oh, unless you're competing, you shouldn't take. Yeah, no, like you know, it's part of life. You know, yeah, you, all, all all of our heroes and and you know. Sports stars would up to in any sport taking gear. Like, you know, it's, it's just cosmetic. It's just another it cosmetic protocol. Mm -hmm. The same as, you know, girls want to go and get their kids now. So that. <laughs> we go and yeah, take like gear. It's an album cover. <laughs> <laughs> what is your camera doing with me right now? <laughs> yeah, love that. Um, but, um, Mikey. What I was going to, last thing in there as well, I see a lot of guys in the gym these days. Um, Taking things like you know, uh, different compounds, injectable debile, different suspension, you know, compounds, whatever else, that give you a really good instantaneous like full look as well. And so you look great in the gym, you look great with the pump on as well. The one thing to understand that a lot of these guys get disappointed when it comes to stage time, and they get beaten, or you might be looking at someone sort of taking those photos. What happens is those things that you take to look good in the gym, perform well in the gym, you know, that doesn't translate to stage. It's yep. not translatable to your look on stage. Um, you know, and, and if it is, you're probably going to risk um, not, not looking in condition. So I think a lot of people get attracted to, to, um, to the look that certain drugs give them um, and, that, and, and looks that aren't um, lasting. So, you know, I wouldn't, if I was anyone for a show, I'd, I'd just definitely stay away from, especially in the last like six to eight weeks, try and really you know, stop using those compounds. They give you that sort of that, again, you know, um, sort of like a, that, that fuller look um, than probably what's, than what you actually are, if that makes sense. Um, because when you do drop it out eventually um, and you already sort of feel, you know, uh, Emotions of like, you know, oh, do I look a certain way? Like, you feel really sort of maybe insecure. We all go through that in the last two, three weeks. Am, am I good enough? Am I going to be good enough? You know, how I look, all these things. Then you take out some like injectable D bowl and fuck you flat out, like, you know, another 10, 20%. Um, and you get really disheartened. It's just, it's, it, uh, I see that a lot. Um, and yeah, I just don't, I think it's a common trend that I see these days. I don't know if you guys experience the same with anyone that you work with or friends with. Uh, but I see a lot down here in, uh, in Melbourne, and I just think it's a dangerous um, trap or spiral to go down. You know, I think that sticking with you know the basics, um, you know, all almost all former all um, steroids, equipped protein at the same rate as anabolic is one another as well. So there's no need to sort of chase that you know temporary look for the gym for for a selfie for an Instagram post um, in a competition phase later on. Because it doesn't try that stage. Right. We see it. We see it all the time. Like how many times have I mean, every one of us has seen someone post a photo three weeks after the show, and we're like, "Holy shit, Jesus Christ!" And then you see them on stage, and you're like, "Are you sure that's even the same person?" Like, yeah. Every time. It doesn't try that stage. I mean, and what you put on stage, what you own, 
what you put on stage is like that's that, that's your muscle there. It's like you know what I mean? It's not what it what it looks like with you know 100 milligrams of injected D ball and 50 milligrams of trend suspension. That's, that's that looks great. That's not what you own. Yeah. yeah. So you you mentioned progress pictures don't win shows. You mentioned um, tread suspension, getting D ball. What are some of the other things that you see people doing to get that fuller look that doesn't translate to stage? Cell tech. <laughs> things like um, mint or trestolone. I see a lot as well these days. You know, and um, things that's used so much down here. I don't know about cleans that, but it's, just, it's everywhere down here. I don't even know what that yeah, means. Yes, yeah, so um, yeah, again, it probably has a purpose somewhere along the way, but it's not, um, it's, it's just, I don't believe that giving people a, an indication um, of how they're going to look on stage because they're always going to get back to that one time in the mirror of the gym when they look fucking, you know, 10 times fuller because um, that's what it can do. And, um, yeah, men's, men's use of that, you know, D ball and men's just one. Um, so obviously we all know you have probably one of the best gyms down, down in Australia, in Australia, down in Melbourne there. Um, tell us, tell us a little bit about your gym, how you started it, um, how long you've had it for and, um, how it's all, all going in sort of the future. So one, yeah. So one gym started sort of in lockdown, uh, when, when COVID happened down in Victoria and people were to know that, you know, Victoria sort of suffered the most with, uh, lockdowns. Um, basically, I think it was the Thursday, Friday before lockdown, um, the first lockdown that we saw gyms in the States getting shut down. And I just said to see the time, I said, um, fuck man, we're going to go into lockdown. And she thought, no way. I said, yeah, they're going to shut the gyms down. And so I ordered about 30 grand at a time working with equipment on the Thursday. Uh, and on the Monday, it was announced that we go into lockdown. So I went to Dolby's Gandanong, we trained um, at like 10 a.m., Gym was locked down at 12 p.m. midday. Um, next day, I woke up Tuesday and from Star Trek to the Walmart gym equipment. I set up a garage gym, um, it was a three car garage, and so we set it up and I trained that night, uh, which was lucky for me. I had the foresight to order the equipment and because as of sort of Tuesday, you couldn't find equipment anywhere. Like everyone just ordered everything, it was just crazy. In 20 kilo dumbbells going for a thousand bucks, like it was honestly fucked. Um, unlike Gumtree and stuff, Facebook Marketplace. Um, and then from there, I sort of just started accumulating equipment. Um, and we had it up to a point where during lockdown, um, we had like hour bookings. I allowed four people per hour to book, to come and use, to come and um, hire equipment. So during lockdown, you could hire equipment because you're allowed to exercise. So people would drive to my house to hire equipment. So they'd come in and they would try it before they hide it and then didn't like it so no one ever hide anything but um, they tried it for an hour they, they tried it for an hour and we were booked out from 5am to 9pm which was our curfew hours um, during lockdown so that's sort of how lodging started because over that time and you know and people were paying to use the gym and it helped me buy more equipment how many machines did you eventually sell Mike uh, I've still got them so, um, <laughs> got them in the, in the gym here but yeah, I haven't put a Dorian Yates mural in there I mirrored the walls it felt like a gym you know? and, and people would come there for an hour and just still because you know, um, people don't go to gym like we do they don't get what it is for us yeah. you know like they don't get that, that that aspect and gym saved me I really believe that 
Um, and so, like, people out there don't who fucking get it. What take it away? That, you know, part of us, they took it away. Mashallah. And people would come, yeah, to my brother, because, like, you know, I had the opportunity to, but people, you know, really benefited from having that normality back in their lives for that hour's period. I mean, and they'd mm-hmm. see people as they were leaving, come to the gym, oh, hey, I haven't seen you. And it was that, you know, catch up the same as we get when we go to a gym and we see these people as well, say hi. So created a great um, community aspect. Um, and from there, it grew, it grew, it grew. Um, we then, I think it was the third or fourth lockdown, my wife and I had enough, and I was like, this is, I can't stand this shit anymore. We're going to Miami. Um, I, I, I had everything in place with like consulate visits for like visas and whatever else, because I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to Florida. Um, I can't stand it anymore. And um, we walked past this place in Port Melbourne, and we always used to joke like, because we went for walks during lockdown, that that place never for, for uh, available. We get it, we make it work. Um, and one time we turned the corner, and there was a budget truck in the fucking in the driveway. And before uh, we got here, it was like an F forty five sort of style classes set up. Um, we walked past, and the guy was breaking his lease early due to COVID. Um, he's just part of suicide, unfortunately. Oh. So he just yeah, he's getting out. So I got the landlord details off him that night. Um, and we signed the, the lease, I think, the next week. Um, so then we moved whatever equipment we had in here. Um, I bought some more equipment, wherever I could find from Hammer Street. I ordered a bunch of Arsenal and Prime. Um, that was September 2021. Um, and they end up, sort of, then we opened officially in uh, November when COVID ended. And um, we ordered more and more equipment uh, because Prime and Arsenal kept getting delayed. Um, and yeah, Private Arsenal, to give you an idea, Private Arsenal, we ordered before we opened. Private Arsenal only landed like two weeks ago. So that's how long it took to get here uh, over 12 months. Um, but it grew and grew and grew. And one gym was always to me, was it seemed like, you know, my best memories of gym were like Doherty's, um, Dantinong, Saturday morning back in the day. It's like you would wake up early, you would go there, you would, you would take your two meals there at least. You go there, you do your cardio, you eat a meal and talk. Then you'd eat another meal, then you'd train, then maybe get a shake on the way out. And like you'd spend all Sunday morning at Dolly's Gurgendong um, for the vibe, for the energy, for the people. For like, I just remember that that community aspect. And somewhere along the way, uh, least Victorian gyms lost it. They lost that sort of feel. You, you became a number, um, lost that connection. You know, remember when all the pros used to go to um, Dolly's in Brunswick? You know, and you had like, it was like, it was it was sick. Anyway, so one gym was always meant to be like, yes, we're going to bring in the best equipment in the world has to offer because I, you know, I just want to be looking for a ground that I can play in and everyone else needs to play with me. I love training. Um, but it was built around community um, and really having a place where people can come. And no matter what shit was happening the other day, they knew they could come to one gym and feel fucking amazing. Get a great workout, chat with fucking you know, really nice people, not be judged. Um, and, and and be themselves, and um, I'm really proud because that's what we've created here. You know, people people come here four or five times a day. They come in the morning for coffee, breakfast, for a shake, do the cardio. They'll go away. They'll come back for another shake at lunchtime. They'll go away. They'll come back to train and they'll sit and eat their meals afterwards here. Um, you know, and and what started as just a gym turned into like, the cafe in the recovery, infrared saunas, ice baths, magnesium um, hydrotherapy pools. Full full time on site myophysio, um, yeah. It just turned into more and more here. So it's like 
again, what started as something was good just for us to, you know, to recreate those feelings that I loved from the back in the day, the old school, um, became so much more than that. And, uh, and again, the, the best, the best, um, the best that we hear about what people have to say about one gym is when they come here, like they really, really feel motivated to train hard and, um, and, and reach their goals. Uh, and for whatever reason, these, these people who say that, somewhere along the line, they've lost that, you know? Um, so, and it's, we have a captain membership, so we don't accept members. Uh, we don't do walk-ins on the street. You have to know someone or be a guest or a member. Um, and essentially, uh, you know, it just creates a really nice feel. People, people invest in membership with one gym to come here for the feeling uh, that they get. Um, yeah, I'm really proud of it. Thank yeah, bro, you brought up you brought community and, you know, culture back, and that's what's missing. Like, before when you say you've become a number, all these gyms, they're starting to, like, become real franchisey or just, like, fitness centres. They're not, like, bodybuilding hubs anymore. And it, it's really apparent when, you you know, you're trying to find a gym. So it's cool that you've kind of, like, you know, put up another, you know, little bit of a sanctuary, I guess, with that cat membership, like, somewhere to go for like the real guys you know the realist guys yeah, to go yeah. and, and again not everyone comes here it's a one gym bodybuilding club remember but like you know maybe 10 percent less of people who come here less are bodybuilders you know what i mean um it's just it's the asset behind um you know being someone to come and really um feel supported you know not judged um and, and all those good things because like i said people yeah, people are so quick. Like, I went to World Gym, nothing against World Gym, but I went to World Gym when I was up for nationals, like now Gravat. And I was I was pressing the 70s, the heaviest dumbbells I had. And I think I made a couple of sounds and a couple of grunts. And I, like, I put down the dumbbells and they came to me and said, Oh, could you mind being a bit quieter? I was like, Wow. Like, I haven't had that in so long, to be honest. And thank you for reminding me that, like, why the fuck I opened one gym. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a, couple of, yeah. a couple of grunts and like that was straight there like you know oh you're intimidating members like what what members show me which members complain like you know what I mean <laughs> all, all sort of members hey, you me, like, hey, the thing is, is you'd actually see a few members like quivering behind machines <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was the aspect of like you know when they say somewhere where that shouldn't judge but they're the, they so judgy you know yeah well, that's what we do um and they, you know, and their thoughts and the prejudiced beliefs behind, you know, who we are. It's, it, honestly, and um, so anyway, it just it just reminded me why we opened one gym, and you know, um, yeah, it's just it's it's something that you know we will do another one eventually. Um, I was at a, I was at Worlds on the on the chin up bar, and they asked me to get a towel, and I'm like, bro, I'm doing chin ups. Like, how do I, how do I towel the machine? Like, Put it where? <laughs> <laughs> they just get up yard to sort of boot you out. Yeah, 100%. It's just like you walk in and they put that, um, again, they just, they cast their prejudiced beliefs behind, you know, who we are and what we do and what we represent when they don't really have any fucking idea. Um, and anyway, again, yeah, that's that's, the, that's their place. There's plenty of people out there from more gym, um, you know, and, and I try more gyms, you know, I'm nothing against more gyms. There's plenty of people out there for any type of businesses and the snaps and the whatever else. Yeah, there's plenty of people out there for the donuts. Um, you know, but there's there's a place here at one gym where people can feel supported um, and not judged. And um, I'm really proud of uh, our members and our crew for creating that atmosphere. 
Yeah, I know. That's something that I noticed. I'll say, you go, Matt. Something that I noticed. When I, no, you go. My bad. What? There you go. You go. I was saying that, you know, I, I'm obviously down in Melbourne. I'm probably about an hour away from, from one gym. And I know when I'm going there, I'm, I've set aside six hours of my day because I'm like, I, A, I don't want to leave. And B, it just it's such a, you know, a good environment to be around and everyone's so supportive. I remember the first time I went there, no one knew who I was. I was just a nobody walking into the gym to train. And Mike obviously knew who I was, gave me a big hug, introduced me to the crew. And uh, I felt like I was part of the family, like from day one. And, you know, that that's that's the environment that they're in. And, you know, I told Mike I was training legs. He's like, you fucking come and find me when you're doing your top set and I'm going to come and get you through it. Like that type of shit. And, you know, he, he does that. I've seen him do that for so many people down there. And how many people, you know, that own a gym are, are on the gym floor, you know, 12 hours a day helping people do that top set and, you know, pushing people to get better and work harder. And, you know, Mike's in the kitchen making fucking Reuben sandwiches and coffees for people and, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. And, you know, that's, that's the type of environment that you just want to be around and just want to get better because everyone else is getting better at the same time. And, and that's something that's, you know, very lost in the bodybuilding industry, for sure. Literally, I yeah, would just want to throw that with Matthew, Matthew allocates uh, six hours to come here because he spends an hour training. And then five hours in the prison room, fucking chicken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good fucking posing room. It's a good posing yeah, room. The posing room is sick, though. Yeah, I spent ten grand in that posing room. It's fucking. Sick. <laughs> I'm just getting your money's worth. I'm just getting your money's worth. I was just <laughs> uh, the the exact almost exactly the same thing. You know, when I go down there, I see Big Mikey. You know, he's he's so inviting into the gym. You know, like you, you just you, you feel like. You know what I think about always? I think about um, in Pumping Iron when Arnold walks in and everyone's like jumping on him and so excited to see him. And like, it's just a great community. Like, it's good fun. And everyone is just like, you know, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, a, a girl training, like Sontane was training, you know, like everyone's so welcome and, and happy to speak to you about your training or talk to you or, or get to know you. Like, the environment that you made at that gym. Is second to none. Like it's definitely one of the best, best I've ever trained at. Like it's so welcoming. You know, you've done a great job, man. Yeah. Yeah. It starts with obviously, you know, you can try to set a standard, um, but it's not just me. Really, like everyone here, you know, works, you know, to, to create that environment and like you know, the, the whole team, like Jordy, Ruby, my wife T, who's the heart and soul of the gym. Like you know, no one, you know, I often say that I have never met a better person than my wife. Like she's the best person I know. Hands down. That's epic. Um, best heart, best soul, um, which really has loved her life. But it's like, she, um, sorry, guys, she, like, what she means to the gym, like, she, she brings all together. And so it's like, there's, yeah, it's like, I'd say, bodybuilding is an individual sport, which, you know, we are, we are in it for ourselves, but never by ourselves. Like, yes, you know, we're, we're creating our body, but like, you know, we, without the, the family and the support and the crew and the community, um, it, it, it wouldn't be real, number one, and it wouldn't be, um, wouldn't mean as much. It wouldn't be long lasting, do you know what I mean? It'd be, it'd be fleeting, um, it'd be empty. So, like, to have the whole crew just create the environment like they're doing, everyone's sort of, you know, uh, like Geordie, like Geordie, um, like, you know, yeah, I coach him and he's become like a brother to me, but like, I'm so proud of He comes down here and honestly, he's just like out there to, to help anyone, everyone, you know, that the whole thing, how, you know, walking in and hugging and smiling, that's Jordy, like, he just, he's, he, he uplifts everyone, you know, and, and um, I get really proud to sort of see 
him him come through that ruby as well. Like the whole crew. So I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to just sing that people because it, it's everyone. But just as, as some as some pointers and examples, it's it's really humbling to see somewhere where you sort of because yeah, I fucking love this place. I love this. Love, I love what we do. You know, I love the um, everything good about it. You know, there's so much narcissistic fucking ego out there, man. I, I can't stand that shit. And so one was really to set a place apart um, where we could, we could have what we do and the love of what we do. But, you know, I lay, I lay down the law and said, we're not going to have that shit here. None, none of the fucking negativity. None of that, you know, dumb ego bullshit fucking behavior that we see from certain individuals, you know, across the industry who, anyway, it was just, so it's, it's, it's really humbling to see it all come together um, in, in under the one roof. Um, and you know, yes, we have a cat membership and whatever else, but I want everyone, my, my brothers in Iron and sisters in Iron to know that, you know, this is, this is the place for them. You know, it's not for everyone, but it's for us. That's for them, sure. All right. Well, I think we've done an amazing job with Mikey Boy on the uh, on here so far. But let's we've, um, we asked the fans for some questions. Um, boys, have a look at the uh, our, our chat on Instagram. I'll set um I'll set our, our questions through to there. Um, so let's kick off. Actually, some of them we've already answered, which we kind of expected to happen. But um. One of them, which is kind of cool, um, once and I, I love, I love this the way this is worded as well. So this is done by Marshy Five, which is Marshy Five. So, <laughs> man, that once you go pro, where's your first pro show going to be? I love the way it's worded because it's it's just knowing it's knowing that you are. Yeah, gonna- so um, I, I would plan to do a pro show fairly soon after um, uh, because I'm also believe guys that we never know when's our last day on a yeah our last our last breath our last whatever we're all one injury away from whatever else so like I want to create a fucking pro show you know, I want to stand the stage and, and do that shit so um, inshallah um, when I get the pro card I'll pick a show fairly up uh, soon after um, and travel wherever I have to in the world to compete and do my thing I'll then take some time off improve and then you have a, a more planned approach towards the next lot of lot of shows. Um, but I'd like to get the pro card and do a show fairly soon after um, experience and for those reasons I just mentioned and then um, move after. So hopefully um, there's a cool cool um, a good small group of shows in the US around sort of like you know May June. Um, so potentially Pro card um, season A early as possible, and then plan for you know one of those shows or a couple of those shows, depending. Um, but that would be that would be sick. That would be ideal. You know, something like the um, yeah, the, the Toronto or whatever else. There's a cool, cool like you know, two shows like you know, every two weeks is a show in the US across that sort of little um, period. So many, shows, really nice. so many shows over there, like which is so cool. Um, was over here like, two shows in a year, you know. <laughs> There's no doubt you got to travel to compete for sure. So I mean, um, after the problem with Australian bodybuilding, you know, at a pro level, is that not enough people do travel to compete. Um, that's something that was something that if you want to have success at any level in this game, you're going to be prepared to do for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Well, we've got, a, we've got a lot of questions, obviously, sort of revolving around PEDs, and we don't want to give too much sort of into that. But, you know, what is something that you would suggest for someone, you know, that has been competing naturally, looking to become enhanced? What's, what's one thing that you would like to... Um, where could they start? Well, just, just what's, what's one piece of advice you can give someone that's looking to become enhanced, that's been competing naturally? What is one thing that you would sort of like to hit home for that? Um, get blood work yep. regularly. Um, don't just get blood work and have you know, your mate look at it. Get blood work and get it you know, looked at by someone who understands blood work. Uh, with, with experience, you know, that's biased towards you know, use and bodybuilding maybe or, or competing because, you know, if you go to a normal, like, you know, um, endocrinologist or whatever else, they're not going to have an idea. Well, they, 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 have, they have a general idea, you know, but they don't sort of have that specialist towards the, what, what we want to do or maybe what your physique goals are. Um, so, yeah, get some blood work, get some real um, advice um, and start, start with as little as possible. Um, get as much as you can from the least amount and then, you know, Titrate up from there. You know, start with the basics. Um, there's no secrets. You know, it's just if you are natural, anything you do is going to have a huge impact. So keep as many as many um, cards in your deck as possible. Cool. All right. So I got the next question. Uh, Jared Hall asked. Um, how was life when you when you did a huge rebound a few years ago post comp, and how did you feel driving your weight up that much week to week? So yeah, I think, I think that um the, the the most weight I gained was I gained like forty kilos, um in like four months. I went from like seventy nine kilos in twenty seventeen, I'm not amateurs in Australia, to um one hundred twenty kilos in like four months. Um, I was using ten units of um. Uh, growth hormone. I used 500 megs of tests, 400 megs of Deca, and I think like one Ruminex every week on a Monday or half, maybe Monday and Thursday. Anyway, how was the, uh, how was so the it look? Was, it was, yeah, the, the look was really good. Um, yeah, obviously, the, 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 the perception of 40 kilos wasn't because I, I was severely depleted. I prepped with um, someone um, who prescribed a lot of DMP to be used, and I overdieted and came into a hole and had like an old like death experience. Um, yeah, so I did under again, I did under instruction and advice, um, but it was not a good experience at all. So I, you know, anyway, so I was severely dieted down. And, and like way, way, way you know, past where you should ever be. Um, so the rebound was was really, really profound because obviously of how how far in the hole I was. It makes sense. I was forty kilos. Um, but in any other massive growth phase, you know, life gets harder the heavier you get. So it's like you know, when I'm when I'm coaching guys down, I see, see the scales go up one kilo, two kilos every week. I started to say, hey, we're going to pull this back a little bit. Like, why are we growing? I'm like, trust me, in two weeks, your lower back's going to fucking hate you. Life is yeah. going to suck balls because, man, it does. You know, your, your ligaments and your tendons and, your, and the homeostasis set point for your body um, is what it is. It doesn't change in one or two weeks. It takes time. So, you know, during those massive growth phases or whatever else, 
life gets really uncomfortable. So it's like, um, obviously, the, the one blessing is in that aspect, things couldn't have got any worse than what they were for me at that time. So to see my look improve made that, you know, we would low back scores and then everywhere else all working. So life wasn't too bad in that growth phase. La- last question. You're on death row. What's your last meal? Uh, my beetroot pasta. I knew you were going to say some beetroot. Beetroot. Beetroot is always coming out. Beetroot. No, I, I'm a Reuben um, sandwich. I, haven't, I, haven't, I mean, I've never ever had a Reuben sandwich, right? <laughs> um, but my, my, my breakfast has been the same. My meal one breakfast has been the same for the past four years. It's, well, I used to beef <laughs> mince because I developed an intolerance to beef. But lean lamb mince, I get backstrap mince, so it's really, really lean. Um, I grate fresh beetroots and cook it into the lamb mince um, with parsley, turmeric, um, and paprika, salt, pepper. I have gluten-free or rice pasta, so it digests easy as fuck. If anyone wants an easy carb source, get the Blonde Tempo, it's a green pack, rice pasta, um, from any kind of cold or worse, like 300 grams of that, you know, 240 grams of carbs, easy, gone. Anyway, yeah. that and then one, gym that e-book, one gym ebook coming out real soon, yo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I have, um, I have dried apricots with that. Organic dried apricots, pre-workout for the pump. Okay, I'm just, I'm just gonna put it out there. If I'm on death row, that's not what I'm having. I'm having like a. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm boring as fuck, but you know, hey, it's, I look forward to that meal every morning, like just fucking. No breaks, Halusi. No breaks, Halusi. No breaks. That's definitely, no breaks. His, that's definitely his name. Hey, Mike, um, from all of us, you know, thanks so much, man. Um, you know, it's great to get one. I think this is the best bloody way to kick off our, um, our, um, our first guest. You know, like everyone wanted you on here, like not just the four of us, but everyone on. Um, who suggested you as well? Because one, you are probably the closest to like a pro, but two, your knowledge and you know your give out, amazing. So yeah, so happy to have have you on there. Yeah, thank you to you guys for obviously uh, for having me on, letting me share sort of some of my story and experiences. Um, appreciate all those comments you said. Yeah, I'm just glad right here, do my best uh, to try and be better every day. And um and and as opposed is for all of you guys and as you keep growing through your journey whatever else, you know, it becomes less about what you do for yourself and more about what you can do for others. Um and that's one thing that I really take from the more, more people I interact with and the more, more people that sort of you know, we are we get we get to inspire and motivate. Um is you know, I want us to try and positively impact as many lives as possible. Um along the way because there's a lot of you know a lot of shit influences out there as well. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not the smartest, I'm not the um, prettiest, I'm not the you know the I've got the best genetics. Um, but you know I, I definitely definitely have a love for people and wanting to help. So I hope that comes through with you know what I do. I try and be as genuine as I can. Um, I try and be as real as I can. Uh, and like I said you know uh, it's great to have you know, things like what you guys are doing out there to, to try and spread positive messages um, and real messages, you know, for real people uh, because there's not enough of it out there. Um, and the more we can help each other, uh, the better we all can be. Win-win.
People forget that. What do you mean? For you to win doesn't mean somebody else has to lose. Yeah, we can win together. Absolutely. All right. Um, we'll, we'll wrap it up when, when, when's, uh, when's leg day? Yeah. I'm about to go train legs right now, actually. Pack squad games, Louis. Come on. Me? I got a Cybex, bro. Yeah, bro. I got you on that. <laughs> <laughs> But I'll I'll tag I'll tag a hack squad video in about in about two hours. You'll see it. Yeah, yeah. Let's no, put aside uh, like my templates versus your whatever because mine's heavier. It doesn't no, matter. No knee, no knee wraps. All good. No sweat. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys are welcome anytime. Make sure you come down. Okay. Visit us. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thank you so much, Mikey. Thanks, boys. Peace. Uh, we'll wrap it up there, and uh, that is episode number two. Woo! See you guys. Uh, See ya. Yeah, yeah.